Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is my thoughts, my opinions. Returning back, uh, I took I took a little break. It's, it's been some time apart since I last spoke with you guys. A lot has happened in between that time. I recently just turned 20 on December 23rd. And I just wanted to open up talking about um, that experience and what I've learned throughout my teenage years and the wisdom that I'm bringing in to uh, my 20s. So in my teenage years, what I what I learned is that my walk with Christ is a marathon, not a race. And that it's in a way can be compared to climbing a seamless, seemingly uh, endless mountain, right? There seems to be no top and you just keep climbing it and you just can't see the top of it. And uh, that is the, the, the Christian life, the Christian walk with Christ. And when I say that it's like you're, you're climbing an endless mountain, I'm saying that this is something that is going to, you're going to have to deal with every day. You're going to have to deal with the temptation. You're going to have to wrestle with your flesh every day until the day that you see the face of Jesus, right? Then that's when you have reached the top of the mountain. That is when you reached um, the plateau. But until then, this life that we lead down here on this earth, it is a marathon. It is climbing an endless mountain. And that's why you know, we had to pray and ask God for endurance and to give us the, the, the stamina and the wisdom to continue to press on in faith every day. Because this is an everyday thing, right? Uh, we're, we're wrestling with these things every day. And uh, also, too, that along this journey, God has given us the breathing room uh, or in biblical terms, the grace to, to operate in his holiness while still being in flesh, right? Because we're still going to sin. And throughout my early walk with Christ, I was I had it in my head that I was never going to sin again. After coming to true repentance and being born again, I thought like, you know, this is over with. Like, I'm, I don't, I no longer struggle. I'm not going to have to go through this. These um, desires and temptations that I was going through before, it, it's all been wiped away. And that's not true. That's not true. There is definitely a hundred percent. No, it's, it's guaranteed that even when you come to Christ, you still are going to sin. But the true mark of a Christian, a true believer and follower of Christ is that they get back up. Proverbs 24, 16, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. But the wicked falls once and he doesn't recover. Though we may fall, though we may sin, we get back up and we turn back to Jesus we do not have guilt. We do not have shame because we are in Christ. And we do not take 
our sin lightly. We do not take that, that, that grace, that breathing room that God has given us as a, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm just going to continue to sin because, you know, God doesn't care. We don't take it as that. We take it as grace, breathing room, and the ability to get back up, to turn back to Jesus. A, a true follower of Christ, someone who's truly born again, doesn't even have a desire to sin. They've been given a new heart and a new mind, and they hate the things that God hates and love the things of God. Their heart is not set upon that. They don't have a heart that seeks to practice nor walk in wickedness or spiritual darkness. They have their heart on Jesus. But they're still in flesh. As, as Paul said, as you, as you will read in Romans, that I want to do what is good, but I don't. It's the sin that's living inside of me. The, 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 the transformation that is that has happened with us when we were born again is inside, in spirit. But we still are in flesh. We're still human beings. So we wrestle, wrestle with the two because we have our fleshly desires, right? Pulling us in a direction saying, I, right? If I were to sum up what the flesh is, the flesh is self. You have what I want to do, my dreams, my desires, my goals, how I see things versus the Holy Spirit, God who is residing inside of you, telling you, no, my will, my way, my plans. And you wrestle with that. And that's why you have to die to yourself daily because it is something that you will wrestle with. And in my teenage years, I did not understand that. So I fell into guilt. I, I fell into the, the, the trap of discouragement, thinking that like, what's the point? I've been trying this whole time to, uh, to stop doing these things. I've been trying to stop sinning. I've been trying to, to stop disobeying God. And I still do it. I still, I still fallen short of his glory standard. I still cannot do it. So what's the point? And that was from the enemy. The Holy Spirit gives you conviction and pushes you closer to God. The devil provides guilt and shame, which pushes you away from God. And this very, uh, this very same thing can be seen in Genesis when Adam and Eve were, were found in the garden and they recognized their nakedness. They hid from God. They weren't pushed closer to God. So that was from the enemy. And I didn't realize that. And I beat myself up about it, not, not realizing that. Yeah, you're right. You can't do it. You can't do it. But Jesus can. Jesus has. He's one. The work has already been done. When he bored himself on that tree, he carried every sin, past, present, and future. And you are covered. You have grace. You have room to breathe. 
you have room to get back up and run back to Jesus. And that was truly something transforming and changed my mindset on not having a a result-based mindset, like judging like how far I've gotten and um, the things that I'm doing. Instead, I'm just leading a spirit-led life. I'm just moving wherever God wants me to move. And I'm not getting so caught up in what I can do and me trying to do it, but just letting Jesus take over because he is the answer. He is the answer. You yourself cannot be perfect. You yourself cannot stop sinning. It's in your nature to sin. That's why you have to surrender and submit yourself to Jesus and let him to take over. And in that way, he will give you a new heart with new desires and will purify the things in your life and will remove things that may attract you to ungodly things and may lead you down a ungodly path. And that's something that uh, I wish I would have learned in the, in the beginning. It would have saved uh, a lot of a lot of heartache, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of beating myself up, uh, a lot of tears, but I learned it now and I now have that wisdom and I'm sharing it with you guys. You know, your walk with Christ is, it, it's not over once you get saved. You are, you're far from over. Like this is the beginning. You have declared war on the enemy and it, it is not going to be light for you at all, but he that is within you is greater than this world. If God is with us, who can be against us? You have Jesus, the creator of all things, the one who has fastened the foundations of this earth with you. When you are born again, the Lord is closer to you than your own breath. He is there with you. And he has promised to give you strength. He has promised to help you in your struggles. So you have no reason to fear. You have no reason to beat yourself up about it. Instead, give it to Jesus. Stop focusing on self and what you can do. That's what the devil wants you to do. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He does. He wants you to focus on yourself and not Jesus. All attacks from the enemy can be boiled down to this, right? This, this is his main goal in all of his attacks. I want their eyes off of Jesus. I don't want them focused on Jesus. I want their eyes off of Jesus. That's where all his attacks are sitting around, taking your focus off Jesus. Because when you take your focus off Jesus, where are you at? You're, you're focused on your problems. You're focused on yourself. And in the Bible, we understand that we are weak. We are flesh. We are mere mortals. And we cannot do this. We cannot take on this battle on our own because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of evil principalities and spirits that cannot be seen. 
This is not something that we can do on our own. So when the devil tries to do that, recognize that it's from him and respond accordingly with prayer, with reading your word, with fasting, all directing your attention, your heart, your mind, and your soul back to Jesus. Because in him we have peace, in him we have wisdom, in him we have all things because he is Jehovah Jireh. He is Alpha and Omega, all encompassing. He has everything that you will need and he is willing and able to provide it because we are his children. So therefore we inherit his kingdom and his riches. So do not let the enemy distract you and take your focus off Jesus. Recognize who it's from and respond accordingly. Spending time with Jesus and keeping your focus on the Lord. And you're not even going to be tripping. You're not even going to be tripping. That, 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 that sin that you were struggling with is going to be done away with. You're not even going to be fighting it anymore. Because the Lord will be fighting it. He will have taken it over. Instead of you trying to be a good person and you trying to fix this. Then you will have great success. Then you will not be feeling discouraged you will not be feeling uh, ashamed. You will be instead. You will feel empowered. You will feel courageous. You will be at peace because you know the Lord, the Prince of Peace, Alpha and Omega, the One over all things, King of Kings, says to you that He will help you. That He has you. He has you. He is with you. He guides you and he holds your right hand. He guides you. He who have begun a good work in you will continue it into the day that Christ returns. So be encouraged, brothers and sisters. The Lord has begun a good work in you and he's not going to stop. He's going to continue to perfect it. He's going to continue to to sanctify you and to and to bring you up into his word. And to, and to make you into the royal priests that we were meant to be. So that's the wisdom that I had to share with you as far as my teenage years and the, the wisdom that I am bringing from the teenage years into my 20s. I definitely pray that this, this, this wisdom that I've bestowed upon you guys will be a, a blessing. Uh, it will be encouraging. And it will give you peace because the Lord is with you. And, and if you don't get anything from what I just said, remember that the Lord is with you. Like, really, the Lord is really with you. I, I don't even if you don't look, even in those moments when you think that God is not with you. He is with you more than ever. He is there. No moments when you fall in. Those moments when you don't think you're worthy to be in his presence. Those moments where you, you feel like you failed. He is there. He is there. He is there. Know that he is there. And what you have to do is you have to turn to him.
Turn to him. Turn to Jesus. That is the answer for whatever trauma, whatever pain, whatever calamity or hardship that has fallen upon you. Turn to Jesus because he's there. He is with you. And he is willing and able. His desire is for us to live as children. Children do not worry. They just live their lives. He wants us to live as children whose only concern is to worship and praise God. That's it. Not to worry about where the next meal is going to come from. Who's going to pay the bills. Doesn't want us to worry about that. Doesn't want us to worry about that. He wants us to live as children. Only living to glorify him, to worship and praise him. Everything will be provided for. The Lord will provide for the basic necessities of life. We don't have to worry. Think about this. Look at nature. The Lord provides for the animals. He provides for the birds. Even for the, the, the lowest of animals, the ravens, a, a malicious animal, an animal that has no appeal. It's not something that's beautiful or something that is something to be praised uh, of the eye. But yet God still cares for that because that is his creation. And so if he even cares for the raven, will he not care for his children? So don't sweat it. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Turn to Jesus every single time. I am telling you this to encourage you. Do not stay down. Get back up. Have the fighter's spirit, no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm going to get on my knees every single time. I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn back to Jesus. Keep doing that. You don't stop. You don't stop. I don't care. You keep pressing on. This is a marathon, not a race. This is not, well, well, he's doing this and he's doing that. We don't compare ourselves. This is our walk with Christ. And I'm telling you to repent and turn back to Jesus and keep walking with him. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Don't ever get down in a moment and you're caught up in yourself and caught up in your emotions and you're spiraling out of control and moving further away from God. No. I say in that very moment, you get down to your knees and you cry out to God and you repent and you turn back to Jesus. He's there. He's there and he's going to work it out. He's going to provide for you and he's going to make sure that that work that he began in you, when you were born again, you were regenerated, that work that has started, it will be completed. You're not gonna have to, you're not gonna have to deal with that. Keep pressing on, keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. 
So outside of that, that wisdom that I just shared with you guys that I learned from my, my, my teenage years. Wait, matter of fact, I would also like to add as well too. I learned that nothing in this life is forever. Before, yeah, I, before I want to close out, I want to touch on that. Nothing in this life is forever. It's temporary. You can look at every single thing, money, stocks, other investments, uh, cars, clothes, drugs, temporary. When you smoke, when you take a spliff or you take a puff, a pool, whatever the lingo is for smoking, that high only lasts for about 30 minutes to an hour. When you're drunk, it only lasts so long until it's gone. And you have to keep replenishing it. You have to keep satisfying that itch. You have to keep filling it. And what you're doing is you're trying to fill a basket with holes. It's never going to be full. Because what you're, the container that you're pouring into is empty. It's bottomless. So you pour sex in, you pour drugs in, you pour uh, all these other evil and wicked vices of the world. They will never satisfy what you're looking for because they're temporary and they die and they fade away. They die like everything else, like you. Like in the Bible, it says the life of man is like grass. It rithers away and then it dies. It passes. The only thing that does not die is Jesus. He is eternal. He is the only thing that will remain standing. That's what, that's, that's what I've learned truly. And I don't, I don't understand why nobody else will be able to see that because COVID hit. The Lord has, has used COVID in, in many righteous ways, many awesome ways. And one of those ways I would say is to show people that this world is nothing. You are nothing. You're not in control. I am the Lord. I push the button. You see what I'm saying? You may die, your grandma may die. This world steeps, still keeps going because I am God. You can't put your trust in the government. You can't put your trust in man. Because they die, they wither away like grass. But you can put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ because he is eternal. In the beginning, there was the word, and the word was him. It existed before anything, before we was here, and will exist long after we have passed. Putting your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, is the best investment that you can make. Because it is sealed 
It's not going to go up and down. It cannot be taken away from you. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Not ourselves, not the enemy, nothing. Once you are in Christ, you are in him. Your salvation cannot be taken away. And that's what I wanted to add on that, 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 all, that other piece of wisdom that I wanted to add on to my, my teenage years as well. Moving on, I would like to transition into what's been going on in politics. Politics, it's been, it's been pretty hectic. A lot's been going on. A lot has been going on. The, the big thing that I wanted to touch on is the people who stormed the Capitol. Now, my views on the current state of, of politics, right? The, the person who, who seems like they're about to be in office, I am not a fan of at all. I have strong opinions of him and his vice president. Not cool on either one of them. I definitely feel that they will usher in a, a, a movement that will be, begin swift persecution of men and women of the kingdom. I, I definitely wholeheartedly believe that. I definitely do not rock with them. Um, 100% not a fan. I definitely think that they will uh, take away many of the liberties and freedoms that we have in this country right now. 100% believe that. But as a Christian, this is not my home. I belong to God. I'm a kingdom citizen. This is this is not my fight. So anybody who claims to be a follower of Christ should not be entertaining thoughts of storming the Capitol, thoughts of starting a revolution. We don't do that. We don't. And I know that's something that is hard for us to grasp because we are also tied to our identity as Americans. And that American spirit is uh, very much, you know, freedom and being able to, to do what you want. And it feels as if, though, that is being threatened, which it is. I am not denying that. It certainly is. The freedoms that we enjoy right now are being threatened right now, 100%. But that's not what God has called us to do. Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, reads, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authorities come from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Think about that for a moment. If the Lord is saying, if you, if you can't obey what you can see, these, these, these governing bodies that are visible, what makes you think you can obey me? I have placed these people there. I mean, because honestly, some government is better than no government. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's just some government is better than no government. And God has placed them there. 
Picking back up verse three, for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to clear, keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. And I know, and I know this is something that is so contrary to our identity. But once again, self does not exist in Christ. What you think, what you feel, your opinion does not matter because there is one absolute truth and that is the word of God. And he has the final authority and say. So we, as followers of Christ, speaking only, not to people of the world, have to obey that command. The Lord tells us to submit to these people, to listen to what they say. And he goes on in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether it whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers Fear God and respect the king. We are supposed to submit to the government. And by doing so, we are honoring and glorifying God because people will see that and see the hope and the light that is within us. And that will bring people to Christ. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. And it goes on. Verse 18. You who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased when conscience of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good, and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his footsteps. This is what we're called to do. God is calling us higher. This is a higher calling. I know this is this is going to be something that like people are going to be like, man, nah. I can't accept Joe Biden. I can't accept Kamala Harris. I can't do it. But it's the will of God. Not saying, I mean, because I don't know what can happen in between now and 
inauguration, anything can happen. But if this setup is going to be cemented and final, this applies. The Lord says, even if they absolutely suck, they're terrible, they absolute doo-doo, they suck as rulers, they're not doing a job, submit. Listen, no matter how annoying, no matter how stupid the, the, the legislation is, you have to follow it. Except one condition, except if they're calling you to sin. It's the only exception. That's the only exception. That's the only exception. Because our ultimate authority is God. He is above all. That is who we would listen to. We're not serving Joe Biden. We're not serving Kamala Harris. We are serving God. He is above all. So unless the, the legislation is calling you to sin against God, the Lord calls you to submit to these governing bodies because he has placed them there. And in submitting to the government and being obedient to the, the commands, we are walking in the footsteps of Christ in our suffering. And that glorifies God and that will bring people to God. God is calling us higher. He is calling us higher. And we honestly have to, to recognize that and to accept it, to accept this calling and take it on and to take it on and to accept it because it is an awesome and a righteous calling. God is calling us to walk in the steps of Jesus. Christianity, being a follower of Christ, is not a cozy life. He said, pick up your cross, not your cushion. The Lord is, is coming to challenge all of these ideas that you, you've had when you were in the world. Coming to challenge your identity as an African-American, as, as an American. The ideas you may have as, as a feminist. A womanist, a communist, he's a capitalist. He's coming to challenge all of those ideas and to tear them down. And he's replacing them with his word. He's placing his word in your heart and in your mind. That's what he's replacing. All that stuff from the world, like I told you, it's temporary and it's fading away. It's not rooted in anything. Anything that does not have its foundation in Jesus is going to fall because that's a house built on sand. And we know once the storm hits, once the winds begin heading against the house and the waters come in, the house is coming down. But the house that is built on rock, the rock that is Jesus, no matter what comes at it, the house will stand. So all these other ideas that you had in the world, have no base because they're not rooted in Christ. Therefore, they have to come down. And you have to submit to the Lord. Let him do the gut work. Clean it up. And let his word be the final authority in your life. 
Because what he says is perfect, is good, and is always in your best interest. It's always in your best interest. He's not, he's not saying this if this is going to hurt you. This is going to be bad for you. If this isn't going to bring any good out of your life, that's not the case with God. It's for a reason. And with these, with the scriptures that I just read, I pray that, I pray that um, with this awareness that you have now, that you would take this, this potential suffering that may be coming our way, this persecution, you would take it with joy and not in in disdain or can't find the word for it, any 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 resistance toward what God is is calling you to do moving on from that i want to touch on something in hip hop culture i'm really not tuned into the scene but this this particular topic really struck with me. This is dealing with um, a popular rapper. His name is Pop Hunter. He, you, you guys may know him from um, the hit song that he has called, uh, it's like Corvette Corvette. It's very popular on TikTok. It's been used a lot. And what came out recently is paperwork came out detailing a conversation that he allegedly had with the, the feds at the age of 14 after witnessing one of his friends being murdered. So this struck up a huge frenzy online and you had Uzi Vert who did a remix to that song was like, oh, take me off. They were calling him a snitch. He, you weak for that. You, you, you stupid. You ain't really about that life. And it's like, what are we teaching children? What does, what does this message send? That, that's, that street life, that, that thug life, that, that cold. Once again, it's not rooted in Christ. It's a bunch of malarkey. It's BS. It's stupid. Bruh, if you, if you witness a crime, you tell the truth of what happened. Plain as simple as that. It ain't no, oh, I ain't, I ain't no snitch, man. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna snitch, man. I ain't, I'm, I'm tough. Mm. Shut up. Shut up. No matter who it is, rich or poor. If you witness wrongdoing and you are called to give a testimony, you say the truth of what you saw. We do not live from the, the opinions of man, but of God. Yeah, these street dudes, these hustlers, these so-called gangster rappers, and they really ain't gangster rappers because y'all out here wearing dresses, but that's a whole nother topic. These gangster rappers telling you Oh, you ain't really street. You ain't really from the hood. You ain't really like that. Don't matter. I'm concerned what my heavenly father thinks. I care. I'm, I care about his opinions. Not you, human. The one who withers away like grass. Don't care. Don't care. I don't have the answer to you. 
I have to answer to God after I die. Like people are just so goofy with all of this, these, these evil, wicked ideas, no snitching. Look, snitching to me, right? I really don't even like the word, but snitching is when you yourself have done something wrong. You were doing a dirty, you were in darkness, and then to save yourself, you start to bring other people into your own wrongdoing. That's snitching. That's snitching. Not, not when you witnessed one of your friends being murdered and you testifying to the police what you saw. That is not snitching. That is not snitching. Complete opposite. That's doing what the Lord has called us to do. How it works. Saw so you saw somebody get murdered? Don't just sit up there and oh I'm not I'm not I'm not snitching. I'm not snitching. I'm keeping my lips shut. Don't do that. Because you're too in your head and you're caring about the opinions of man. What does the Lord say? The Lord say, do not give false testimony. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Doesn't matter what some neon, twisted hair, dreaded, goofy butt purse wearing rapper thinks. Doesn't. We get too caught up on, on popularity and, and being liked in this world. We're, 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 we're not called to do that. I, mean, I don't know if Pop Hunter is saved. Um, I pray for, pray that young men, um, will come to Christ. But just speaking uh, on a, of course, always from a perspective of a Christian, it does not matter. It doesn't matter if the, the world likes you or if the world thinks you're cool. Uh, if the world does think highly of you, the Lord doesn't think highly of you. It's literally, they do not have a, a positive relationship. If the world is like, hey, man, I love this dude. I love what he's saying, man. He cool. Now you can bet your bottom dollar the Lord does not think highly of you. Because he said, do not love the things of this world. And if this world loves you, you don't have the love of the Father inside of you because the Lord said he has not come to bring peace, but a sword to turn father against son, daughter against mother. The truth divides. What side are you on? Are you living for man or are you living for God? Some food for thought. And I also wanted to touch on the divorce of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Now, I'm not, I don't know, e-news type. Oh, well, well, let's look at the drama, some hot tea, hot gas. Like, the only reason why I wanted to talk, touch on this topic is in, because I wanted to talk about Christian marriage and the concept of being equally yoked. In the Bible, we... We, we learned that it is extremely important not to 
marry ourselves with anybody who is not a believer, a true believer and follower of Christ. That we are unequally yoked. And that is the case with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. And how I see it, I think the Lord has moved upon his moved upon that situation and separated the two. And that is for Kanye's good. I definitely believe that from here on out that that Kanye and I pray for all this as well, that Kanye will blossom, that he will grow closer to the Lord um, after after this divorce, um, that he would be still be able to um, maintain custody of his children so that he may bring them up in the word. And he finds a, a true godly woman who's going to push him to Jesus. That's what Kanye needs. And that's why that relationship was never going to work there. You, you can't be in a relationship with a non-believer. It does not work. Cannot happen. God is not going to call you to be married to somebody like, oh, well, maybe the Lord want me to. You want me to save him. Lord, you know, I can I can just give with him. I can change him. I can change her. No. Whoever the Lord has for you. He's going to send you. He's going to send them to you. You don't have to go out and be doing all this because when God calls you in the marriage, that is a calling from God. And that is a that is something that is irrevocable. And that is something that you have to carry out and obey. Regardless if that person is deserving of it or not in that time whether or not that person is sick or in good health, whether that person doesn't look as good anymore, you are called to serve them. You are called by God to serve them. As a man, you are called to love and to take responsibility of your wife and sacrifice as Christ did for the church. That's what we're called to do. It is God, husband, wife. The husband submitting to the Lord and being led by the Lord as his wife submits to him. That's how it's supposed to work. That's the ideal relationship. It's not you going out and like, oh man, she looking kind of bad. She looking kind of dead. It's not about that. The Lord does the picking. And whoever he calls, it's going to be, it's going to be a perfect. Not perfect in the sense of it's not going to be any any struggle. Far from it. Anything worth having is is going to have its own have its own issues, have its own struggles with it. Certainly, there are going to be things that you're going to go through, but it's going to be given by God. So it is something worth fighting for. It's going to be something worth pursuing. Because it's of value. It's given by God. It's ordered by God. It's not just some one night stand or some situationship. This is a calling by God. These two people to lay down and to marry each other so that they may become one flesh under God. That's it. And the Lord has called Kanye out of that relationship. And I'm so thankful 
it was it, not going to work. You can't have a, a believer with an unbeliever or uh, a believer who is a in a different religion. Can't happen. Can't happen. So what happened um, with this divorce? It had to happen. I'm, I'm thankful and, and glad that Kanye is going to be set upon this path with the Lord. And I just pray for this smooth transition. I pray for this smooth transition. And I, I pray that his spiritual maturity will truly blossom blossom from this. Truly hope and pray for this because I definitely feel it. I definitely like the Holy Spirit is telling me like he's going to he's going to keep going. He's going to keep going. And I'm I'm so happy for that. And I pray that the Lord will put real men and women of God in his path who's going to disciple him and bring him up on the true word of God. But with that being said, love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. This has been my thoughts, my opinion. Peace.